there and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Okay, we are in our series on the book of Ephesians. And there it is. I'm talking today about Ephesians chapter 2. Now, One thing you really need to know about Ephesians is that it was written by a guy called Paul, the Apostle Paul. But before Paul was Paul, Paul was called Saul. Saul had a different name. His name was Saul. And uh, before Saul was a Christian, Saul was not a very nice guy. You need to know about Paul that he was really formed or shaped by the world in which he grew up. He was formed by his culture. He was formed by the people in his life. He was formed particularly by the religious people in his life. And so you need to know about Saul that his, his upbringing and training was very legalistic. That means very black and white, very law-based. You're either right or you're wrong. And if you're wrong, you're vilified. And if you're right, then you are honored. And he was a very black and white type guy when it came to truth and legalism. And so he was shaped by that world. And And really, that worldview didn't just shape Paul's thinking. It wasn't just something he believed. It shaped really his heart and soul. He was really bought into this kind of way of life. And ultimately, it led him to becoming an enforcer, an enforcer for the hyper-religious right. Okay, so think mafia, but in religion. And, And Saul is the enforcer. Saul goes around making sure people are keeping the black and white law. Paul, uh, Paul, who was Saul, his job was to round up anybody that was different, anybody that that rebelled against the order that he had grown up with. He was a a religious zealot, really. And and that meant that he would take people and imprison them. He would torture them and even kill them for their faith in Jesus Christ. Because as his religion taught him, as his worldview taught him, as he grew up, there was no place for Jesus. Jesus was an imposter to him. But then a crazy thing happened, because on a particular journey one day to Damascus, he was on the road to Damascus, Jesus himself appeared to Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul had this incredible revelation that the Jesus he was persecuting, the Jesus he thought was in the wrong camp, was actually Lord, was actually the Messiah, was actually the one he should be following. And Saul had an incredible conversion, and he became a Christian. And not only did he become a Christian, he became one of the greatest church-planting apostles of the Christian faith to this day. So when we read letters by Paul, who was Saul, we have to remember that's where he's coming from. This is his revelation. When we read Ephesians, which was written by Paul, we're not just reading some good stuff that he thought. We're reading stuff that he first experienced himself. He he was was revealed to him himself. These are revelations that he had that helped him, and now he's helping us, okay? So I want you to keep that in mind as we read Ephesians. I think that's quite important. Last week, Kai picked up on a verse that I'm going to link to today because... This is a theme in Ephesians, and we're going to read it. Here it is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says this. Even before 
he made, that's God, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now, Kai read that to us last week, and he picked up on this idea that even before God made the world, there was a sense of a destiny. There was a sense of God knew what was to come. There was a sense in which God had already spotted you, seen you, knew you, saw you, even before the world. That's a great truth. Now, I want to tell you today, again, as Kai did last week, God sees you. God sees you more than you even see you. God sees you more than I see you. God sees you because God doesn't just see the outside. God sees you. And God saw you even before you were born. In fact, God saw you even before he made the world. God sees you. Now, hold that in mind because in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this. In verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. In other versions, it says God's workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There's that theme again. Did you see it? That first verse said before he made the world. This verse says long ago. God had already planned it out. God had already seen. God saw you before. Now, Paul is picking up on a theme that is also in other parts of the Bible. Check this out. In the book of Psalms, it says this. You saw me before I was born. Say before. I want you to pick up on that word. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Interesting. Paul writes to Timothy this verse. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before. Say before. That was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And so he's picking up here. There's a, a theme that goes through the Bible that, that, that really tells us this about God. God is timeless. God's outside of time. You and I are restricted by time. When you see you, all you can see is from your point of birth to the point where we die. We're really locked into time, okay? And that's a bit of a problem for us because we live very much within those two lines. If you imagine here, you were born. Imagine here, you die. And you're hopefully somewhere here. Maybe this end, all right? But you're here. And we struggle to think and see beyond those two lines. But God doesn't. Because God was here. And God saw you. And God is also here. And God sees you. Are you following me this morning? I want you to picture this about God. God's not limited by time. He's not limited by your birth and death. God's not limited by your start and finish. God is in the before, and he already sees you here. And that's what these verses are telling us. In fact, they're telling us more than that. Not only did he see you before you were born, he loved you before you were born. You were already loved, way before you'd even arrived. It tells us you were chosen before you were born. Way before you were born, God knew and chose you. 
It also tells us that the grace you need was already prepared for you. That's what we just read in Timothy. We just read in Timothy that before, long before, God had prepared the grace required to save you and me from our sin. It was already prepared before. Isn't that incredible? And this verse in Ephesians 2 tells us that also before, God had planned good works for us to do. That we are God's workmanship, planned in advance. Our problem is, I think, so often we live here in the middle. And, and the best we've got is to go back to our birth. But God goes back way before our birth when he sees us. We're trying to form our sense of identity. We're trying to form our sense of meaning in life. We're trying to form a sense of who am I and what do I do and what, what meaning is there to this and what, what value can I add. And the best we can do is go back to our birth and our childhood and our parentage and, and the way in which we went through education and go, maybe there are some clues there as to who I am and what I can do. But listen, that's restrictive. God goes back even before that point and says, oh, I saw you and I know who you are and I know who I made you to be and I know who I formed you to be and I know what you need to be doing with your life. Are you following me? God goes back before. People are desperate in our world today to form their sense of identity. They're finding many ways to try and describe who they are, express who they are, or determine their identity. But as Christians, listen, we don't need to achieve an identity. We already have one. God saw it. Our job is to go, God, who am I? Who did you see? Who did you plan? What did you, what did you plan for me to do? And then to hear him and then live in that. Your identity is not something you have to work on and achieve. It's something you receive, not something you achieve. It's something you receive, not something you achieve. Why? Because God already knew it. He knew you before everything. I think this is really, really, really super important, that you, you know that you are loved, chosen, that every day of your life was written in a book before you were born, that your failure and sin are already dealt with, that your purpose was already laid out before you. And I think our job as Christians is to, to lean into God and say, so God, who do you say that I am? I know what people may say that I am. I, I, I was measured from the point of birth. As soon as I was born, they measured my weight. They, they, maybe they measured other things about me. As soon as I got into school, very early in, in the early school, they started to measure me. Where is he on, the, on, on this, like, you know, career, where is he on this education path? Jackson is in um, school right now. He's just done some SATs, and he's seven. They're already measuring him and measuring him against other children his age. And then you hit senior school, but they're really measuring you now. In fact, I don't think they do this anymore, or maybe they do, but in my school, when I was there, and some of you will remember this, you were actually put in classes in order of where you measured up. And there was a bottom class, and there was a top class, and there were classes in between, right? You were all nodding when I said bottom class. <laughs> did anybody make the top class? Okay. I'm sure you did, Claire. You're intelligent. No? Okay. 
Now, in my school, I remember there being a massive, massive sports hall and like about 1,200 kids, something like that, in, this, in, in, the, in the sports hall. And they started to call out names. And they started to put you into these classes. And you knew that certain classes were the bottom classes and certain classes were the top classes. You knew. You were being measured and put into these groups, right? And they called out the name Michael Williams. And two Michael Williamses stood up. There were two of us. And one was in top class. And one was in the middle class. <laughs> and it was, a, it was like this was a moment. As I looked across at this other Michael Williams. And I sized him up. And he sized me up. And you can see the teacher frantically going through the paperwork trying to figure out which one's which. And I go, what's your middle name? Edward. You know, oh, that won't. Top class. Thank you. But then I worked my way down as the five years <laughs> went on. I did, genuinely. But they were measuring me. And then you get out of school and you go into college and they're measuring you. And then they're measuring you in, in so many ways throughout life. And, and even now, I would say, in the world we live in, we do all of those measurements. And we have this, the, the whole thing of social media. We can see other people's lives, or at least the highlights of their lives, every day on photos, every day in their comments. And you're measuring all the time, where am I in all of this? Where do I fit? Am I good? Am I bad? Am I successful? Am I not successful? Am I happy? Am I not happy? Have I got their life? Have I got their life? And all the time, we're measuring and going, who am I in this world? Where do I fit in this world? Who am I? And all along, God is saying, well, don't worry about any of that. I see you. And I saw you before you were born. And I planned a purpose for you before you were born. And if you'll listen for my whisper, you'll hear me calling you into purpose. You'll hear me calling you into your God-given purpose. You'll hear me telling you who you are. You'll hear me whispering, this is who I've made you to be. You'll hear my voice. And when you hear my voice, live under that identity. Live in that purpose. Go that way. But so often we don't because of the noise. So often we don't because we're so busy. So often we miss it. And we think we're just kind of being swept along with everybody else. But I want to tell you, God has a unique purpose and plan for your life. God sees you. He sees who you really are. He sees what he had planned from before, and he wants to reveal that to you. It says in that verse in Ephesians 2, for we are God's masterpiece. In other words, it uses the word workmanship. This means, when I think of workmanship, when I think of masterpiece and workmanship, this is what comes, came to my mind. I thought of Ikea flat pack furniture. Like, that's not workmanship. All right? But compare that to the carpenter. None of us can probably afford this, but imagine at the moment you could afford a carpenter to come to your house and actually bespoke a wardrobe that fits in the recess of your room perfectly and, and it's like workmanship. Yeah, he's there all week doing it. Imagine that for a moment. That's, that's what I think of when I think workmanship. It's not, it's not flat pack. Everything's the same everywhere you go. Knock it together. Boom. Average. God has bespokely designed and formed you. 
He's, bes- he's bespoke. He's a workman. And he has crafted you. And he has thought about it. And he's put love and time and attention into the way that you are. And, and listen, that's not just a, a physical thing that we're talking about here. While we can talk about the science of your body and say that it is wonderfully made. I mean, you just have to see the information about how complex your body is, your eye, the way that you work. It is incredible. And we can say that about our bodies. But God has thought about you. He's thought about your personality. He's thought about your soul. He's thought about your humor. He's thought about your loves and desires and hopes. He's thought about your talents and gifts. And God has uniquely crafted you like a workman, like a carpenter, thinking about it, designing you with a purpose. And he had all that in his mind before you were even born. Before. You've you've got to break out of thinking just within this narrow period of birth and death. And think, God's outside of time. God saw me. And God sees who I will be when I'm perfected, when I'm finished, when I'm complete. And God sees me now. And I can spend this little period of time and miss all of that. But God's trying to get my attention. He's trying to get your attention and say, don't miss who I made you to be. Don't miss what I saw. Hear my voice. Shape your life after me. Follow after me. And I will help you to find where you fit and who you are. And you will not need to live in insecurity when you live in that. You don't need to be worried about what other people think about you. You don't need to build up an image on social media to project yourself to the world and say, I'm okay, because you're already okay. You're already okay. In fact, you're free of that now. And the world are running in that rat race. But you're free of it, because you know who you are. And you know he saw you, and he sees you, and he sees who you will be. And I'll finish with this. If you see yourself now and you think, I'm not that good, I'm not good enough. I want to encourage you. When God made the world in seven days, it says after day one, he, he, he made the light and he made the dark. He separated them. He says, very good. On day two, he, said he made the um, whatever he made. So very good. Day three, whatever he made, very good. I'm, I'm, you can tell I've gone off piste. Um, every day of those six days, he, he stopped, he paused, he looked at it, and he said, it's very good. On day three, was he finished? But it was very good. It was very good for where it was in that moment. Day four, was he finished? No. But what did he say over it? Very good. It wasn't finished, but it was very good. Day five, was he finished? No. But it was very good. And I want to speak this over you this morning and say... Wherever you are on your journey, God will say to you, you are very good. Not finished, but for where you are and for what you've come through and from what you've experienced and the way the world has shaped you and the things the world has done to you, for where you are, very good. And I've got more to do. Think about Saul. Formed by a world of hate and religion. 
an enforcer for the hyper-religious right. Not a nice guy. But he had a revelation when he saw Jesus. And he wrote the revelation for us today. And he would say to us, you are God's workmanship. Why is he saying that to us? Because he realized, I'm God's workmanship. God knew before all those things I would do. And he prepared the grace that I would need to, to get me through that, to forgive me for that, and to help me find who I really am. And I'm not Saul anymore. I'm Paul now. I am not Saul anymore. I am Paul now. And I want you to speak that over your own life. Whoever you were and whatever you did, I'm not that anymore. I am now a child of God. We sang it at the beginning. I am a child of God. And I'm not finished yet. I'm not complete. But for where I am, it is very good. It is very good.